0: Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Uncommon Life Project where I'm your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Brian Dewhurst. Gosh, doesn't it feel good to hear your voice? It feels good. It does. It does, man. Uh, Welcome back to our show. Man, we enjoy this. If this is your first time listening because you want to listen to our rock star host, our our guest, we're so excited you're here. I feel like uh, you're a rock star too. Well, (laughs) I was mainly talking about you. but You know, we really do what we love, we love what we do, and we're financial advisors who try to put you in front of the plan and try to make you your best asset. And this is so counterintuitive than what everybody's taught, which is like, hey, I'm gonna meet with an advisor and they're gonna try to take all my money in my pocket (laughs) and give it back to me when I'm retired. That's not our approach. Uh, In fact, our job is to try to get you to love your life as fast as we can. So we give you customized plans for financial freedom. Um, And if that's appealing to you or or you have more questions about the show, we would love to listen and talk to you. Uh, Schedule your 15-minute free consultation and let's start the process of seeing if this uncommon path is for you. But we have a guest on the show. I cannot wait. Let's introduce her. Let's get her on the show and let's rock. All right.
1: I'm going to do the bio. All right. She is a pastor's wife, a mom to three pre-teenage kids, incredibly passionate about helping women cultivate a deeper walk with God. And that is why she is here with us today and why she started CarrieMinter.com.
0: Welcome to the show, Carrie Minter.
2: Hi, it's so fun to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: I feel like we need to have like an audience clapping. I feel like that's what we're missing. Like just a stadium. Like,
1: <sighs> I know you've got the green awesome. screen on your thing now. And it's like, I feel like we need to go to the audio board.
0: You know? I know. I know. Uh, Carrie, thank you for being on the show. And I cannot wait to unpack your uncommon life and how you are stepping into it in such an amazing way. And it's been a joy to be able to watch you from, uh, I mean, we had, I'm just be really honest. We had an initial consultation with Carrie and her husband. And uh, one of my favorite things was, is her husband was like, well, you want us to buy a rental property? And I'm like, hmm, I appreciate you listening to our shows and I appreciate you thinking what you think you want to do. Like, that's the last thing I want you to do. But like real estate is a great avenue for people. It's not for everybody. And knowing what her husband does, he's a pastor. That's what her bio says. Um, The last thing I wanted him to be doing is snaking a toilet at 12 o'clock at night. (laughs) for a rental property that he's like, why did Philip just get me into this? Um, And honestly, like he was tapped out. Like he is a busy man and God is using him in amazing ways at his church. And uh, in fact, it's my church as well. Quite, quite fond of it. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. Right. (laughs) But uh, I knew that he was kind of tapped out. Like God is using him in amazing ways. But what I knew is Carrie had a gift and a passion. And so let's just start out. Carrie, give us kind of a synopsis on how God has brought you to where you're at now. But like, I want to start from like in college where, or even your parents or who mentored you in your life to get you kind of stepping into faith and kind of what's your God story. Let's start there.
2: Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in a Christian home, accepted Christ when I was pretty young, like at vacation Bible school, I can still remember like the seat I was sitting in. They it's like the four spiritual laws and it was just like this moment of I have got to talk to her. Went home and had my pulled my little sister into our bedroom and told her, like, hey, do you understand the gospel? Do you understand that Jesus uh, wants to be have a relationship with you? And then but I was young enough, I was like, I think you have to pray with an adult for it to be real. You know, <laughs> so I pulled my dad into the room and uh, um gives me goosebumps. And and so, but you know, like through teenage years, you always sort of question, you're just trying to figure out yeah. Yeah. and God is abstract and it's really hard to, to understand that abstractness of him, um, when you your brain's still developing. And so when I was my senior year of high school, I signed up to go overseas on a mission trip and I didn't sign up because I wanted to tell people about Jesus. I signed up cause I wanted to know if God was real or not.
1: Wow. Um,
2: and I it thought was. I'm going to go overseas I'm going to be away from everybody that knows me. And I, and God, if you're real, I just want you to show me that you are. And he showed up big time that summer, like completely transformed my mind. Like I went from thinking Christianity was this behavior modification to understanding that he's alive and active and he's actively working in every single moment of your life. And that summer just sort of radically changed the direction of my life. I just was no longer satisfied with just what the path of my life had been, you know like going to college and having a job and working and whatever I just was like there I just want to tell everybody I don't think people understand how amazing God is, like I don't mm. think that they've tapped into that he's alive that he's with you and and so um I sort of wandered. I was like, well, maybe I'll be a social worker, you know? And then my social worker advisor after my freshman year of college, like, listen, you don't have the personality for this. Like, your heart right. engages right. too much. Right. You'll get burnt out. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to do now? And so um, I transferred colleges and um, majored in, decided I was going to major in English education because I could mm-hmm. travel the whole world and always find a job teaching English wherever I lived. Sure. That was my plan. Um, and so in the course of that, I went overseas again on this leadership development team. I lived in Israel for a while. I did all sorts of different stuff. And I just was like, I, the thing that makes me most alive is to write and create things to help people understand God better. And so mm. um, when I ended up meeting Brent, when we got married, he's, he's a pastor. He was a youth pastor at the time. Huge um, hunk.
0: Huge hunk. I might oh, yeah. say myself. <laughs> amazing. I mean, like, he's amazing. Whoa. whoa.
2: He is pretty amazing. Um, I got lucky when I met him. And, uh, but yeah, so it's just sort of that's just sort of where God's always used me. It's like I'll, I taught in the public school system as a career, but did all my passion stuff for the church, like created, right. always was leading, mentoring, creating programs, different things for that, all with the purpose of just helping people understand who God was. And so we've been married 17 years here in a couple of weeks or next week. I think we celebrate our 17th anniversary. So for 17 years married to him, that's what kind of my, I've been, doing, um, before I met him, that's just where God had, has given me the desire and the passion and the giftings to just invest in women.
0: And the Avenue, right? Like being yeah. a pastor's yeah. wife is a whole thing. We need to get into that, but not right now. We need to go back okay. for a second. <laughs> we'll come back. How, we we went through a lot. We, we went through a lot. Where no, I just covered I know, like 20, 20 years. years
2: of life in five <laughs> seconds. So.
0: Which is great. That was good synopsis. I'll say, but how old were you when you pulled your sister in the room? Is was like, we got to. Like this is real. How old were you?
2: Um, I was seven or eight.
0: Oh, love it! So my she was my five daughter, or six. my daughter just went to camp, church camp, and she oh, comes fun. back today. And i I've been praying like God just meet her where she's at. So okay, that's exciting.
2: That's
0: awesome. Uh, second thing I want to say is like your counselor at college. What an amazing insight to have and tell you. Listen, your heart gets too engaged for you to be a social worker like i feel like sometimes little things like that can help direct you because i i feel like you're a pretty driven person like social work is where we're going you know yeah absolutely that one person just to say hey let's course correct here because i see such amazing things in your life but this doesn't add up to that what a great like kudos to you and crazy how god used that one person in that one moment to kind of like redirect right
2: oh absolutely like at the time that was like what? How dare you tell me I'm not good right. enough to be a social worker I mean, I feel like that's like the first instant when you hear that, especially yeah. as a nineteen year old kid. Um, but looking back, you just see the sovereignty of God and all that, like him stopping me when I was chasing in the wrong direction. And by the grace of him, I listened. Mm-hmm. Um and changed direction. So
1: And then nice. In that cadence, you were saying like you knew that you wanted to create content and understanding about God, right? Like at a mm-hmm. younger age. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to Cause we're going to pick up on that vein now. And you had that for a decade or more. Sounds like. Which
0: you were thinking that maybe before content was cool, (laughs) Like, but that's how God used it with the English, like just how you write, just how you're wired. You were thinking through that. So cool to see how God has like in his sovereignty, like you said, work this path of where you're absolutely using all your gifts and all your experiences that he's given to you up to this point. Like that is what the uncommon life is all about. So, okay. Uh, and I also want to make another caveat. Carrie and I went to the same college and I remember meeting Carrie. Cause she was my roommate or my cousin's roommate. We played Farkle together. So I'm just saying, okay. Uh, it was in this living room and there was like 28 people who were playing Farkle. If you don't know how to play Farkle, it's like Yahtzee on steroids. Um, but anyway, I remember Way more fun. Right. Uh, But it's been fun how our paths have crossed and then they kind of come back forth. And so Carrie, has been a good friend of my cousin for a long time. And so it's been fun to kind of see her grow and how God's used her in an amazing way. But as a pastor's wife, I want to be able to talk to that because it is not uh, a role for the faint of heart. (laughs) So can you speak to that? And Brent has not always been a lead pastor. He's been in different roles and in different churches. How have you come alongside of him and supporting him in his roles? And then how has that shaped you to who you are today? These are huge questions. So
2: that is a huge question. I'm like, oh, just boil that down. Um. Yeah. No big deal. Just
1: distill that in a minute.
2: Yeah. Okay. So when we met and got married, he was a youth pastor, an associate youth pastor, and he did all the music and then he kind of transitioned to leading Sunday worship. And, um, is at a huge mega church in San Antonio, Texas, um, on TV type that sort of environment. Wow. So I am not musical. I would go and help supervise things. And he tried to teach me how to run the soundboard. Uh, I'm not that's just not my gift. (laughs) I tried to be the the supportive girlfriend and new wife, but that wasn't where um, I shined. And so I just jumped in and I created things for the girls in the youth group. I created like overnight, just like investment types, mentoring opportunities, paired up one-on-one. I started a college um, mentoring thing with the college girls that were going to a local college there in San Antonio and then used, like invested in them. They would come to my apartment and we'd and meet with them and then paired them up one-on-one with the high school youth group or high school girls and so just I always went through the discipleship lens is how can I support you in your ministry well I can help disciple the people under you so that they can follow God better and and so that's always been the avenue he was youth pastor then he was a, um, a worship pastor at a church in Fort Worth And that we had three kids in three years shortly after there. So I would say, like I wrote some devotional stuff for some overseas trips and mission trips. I'd write stuff like that. I created a women's mentoring ministry that I sort of oversaw there, Um, but I wasn't heavily present outside of those things that I were creating because I was home with. That was where my my season of life was. I was home with the kids and and just really investing in them and keeping our family together. And then we moved to a mobile church where he's the worship pastor here in Iowa and loading in and out. And so that's just sort of all hands on deck, but I was little, hired. A on... little different
0: than a mega church. A little, little different.
2: different. Yeah. I know. It was funny when we were making the, the, the decision to move, we kind of had this joke, like you haven't even had to plug your own guitar in and now you're going to have <laughs> to load and unload in a truck in February in Iowa. So, Ooh. um, Why big cultural shift. Yeah. yeah. Um, But it was good. But I actually was hired on staff there shortly after moving. Um, They hadn't had anything for women at at that church, like specifically organized. I mean, there'd been women in the church that had done stuff, but organized. They wanted to kind of make it a push. Mm -hmm. And so they hired me to um, to begin a women's equip type class and then write the training materials for their connection group. So I that's just sort of always been in the background what I've done and how do I support him? How do I help uh, help? be a part of this church that we're serving in. Um, those are kind of the avenues I've just done.
0: Perfect. Okay. So let me ask you this and I, hopefully other women or other wives of pastors are going to listen to this. What do you think is the hardest dynamic for, uh, to be a pastor's wife in your eyes?
2: The hardest dynamic?
0: Yeah. Like what's the hardest part of it? Cause like, it's just not easy. Mm. Like,
2: Yeah. No. Um, So I try not to focus on the hardest parts. Like I try to pretend like those don't exist sometimes. Um, But I would say like probably the staff not really knowing how to relate to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can unpack that a little bit is like, I'm just me, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. like this is my church, this is my place, this is my my people. Like how can I help and serve? But in the back of their mind, I'm still the boss's wife, right? right and so right. there is a little weird dynamic that I forget about, but then every once in a while it pops up, and then I'm sure. like, oh shoot, that's that kind of stinks, you know. And so that's yeah. probably the yeah. hardest thing to navigate is just that awkwardness. That
0: let me try to help feel. you put some words yeah. to that. It's like a millionaire who kind of forgets he's a millionaire until he gets around his friends. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, maybe you're just my friend because I'm a millionaire kind of thing. Like not really, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. this, Oh, like a little glitch of like, well, are you just, Oh, like I guess I am the pastor's wife or the boss's wife. <laughs> like, huh,
2: okay. Well, yeah. I guess when those moments come up and you're like, Oh, I guess that is like, and you feel like, Oh, I'm not just me. I'm, right. I'm like there it is. defined by my like who I'm married to or defined right. by the position. Um, that's probably the hardest thing.
0: All right. So let's go back to like, so Brent asked me, Hey, will you meet with, you know, Carrie and I, my wife and I just talk about finances and I couldn't be more excited about it because as people know, and, and avid listeners, our first meeting has really nothing to do with money <laughs> <laughs> and more about how's God uniquely gifted you and, and how can we unlock that? Uh, and so it was, such a one of my probably favorite initial consultations that we had, um, because we started realizing that it wasn't a rental property that we wanted to pursue. It was how do we unlock Carrie's gifting? And so let's talk. I, I'd like to hear this from your perspective um, in that meeting of how did we start switching over to like, wow, we really need to somehow unlock what Carrie has to offer other women and 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 you know the Lord to glorify Him.
2: Yeah. Um, I think in that initial meeting, you sort of, um, got rid of some lies that I was believing, uh, inadvertently that I didn't even know. Um, I had, I had, so when we're at the church where I currently, I had been working for the last four years, um, creating a women's equipping course, just voluntary on the side, but wrote all the curriculum, taught, raised leaders, did all the training for it. Um, simply just for a, for women to have a voice and have a place to just press into God. I mean, obviously that's sort of the theme throughout my story. Right. right. Um, and you said, you looked at me and said, what if you could do anything in the world, what would you do? And I said, I would keep doing that, but I can't do it for the church for my husband. Right. Like I can't, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's healthy. Mm -hmm. And you are like, then why don't you do it outside of the church? Step outside. Mm -hmm. It's okay to step outside of the church and use the gifts that God's given you. And I hadn't ever really thought that I could do that for money. I guess, Mm. if that makes sense. Like I, I had been like, I'll just work two jobs on the side and get up super Mm. early. And like, (laughs) I'll just do all this other stuff so that I can do what I love. And you just said, Carrie, you don't have to live your life, like move, like working a million jobs. Why don't you do what you love and figure out how to make money doing it? And it was just a shift in my mindset at that moment where I was like, I think I even looked at you and went, do you think that's possible? (laughs) And like, just like, and my husband was like, amen, I've been selling that for years. But I was just like, you're just my husband. You're supposed to think that like, you know, um, so I think like you just were able to speak some truth in that moment and open my eyes to, there is a different way to live. Like there, I don't have to have a nine to five job and do a hobby on the side. Like I can make money out of doing a hobby. It's hard work and you have to have a plan and you have to have structure, right. but you can do it. And so I think you, you shifted that mindset and you gave me the confidence to, um, I guess as y'all say, live an uncommon life. So
0: yeah. And for, uh. For me, it was the first time Carrie like, saw this potential of her like kind of spreading her wings a little bit of like, wait a second, like I don't have to be in the wake of Brent when God has uniquely gifted me in a passionate way that I could do that and I wouldn't feel like I would work a day in my life. And people feel like I'm, there's a tremendous amount of value in that, that people can now step into. You just need to give them an avenue to do so, and you've done this your whole life. So... It was really fun for me to see like, whoa, the potential here is great. Here's another thing that we talk about tremendously on the show is the support of the spouse. And in this point, it was Brent that was supporting Carrie. And the way that God's uniquely gifted Brent is he's kind of an entrepreneur at heart. And he's an entrepreneur with an artist kind of slant. So although he doesn't have a lot of time to be putting definitely snaking other people's toilets or his own (laughs) rental properties. But what he does have time to is build websites and figure out how to uh create like how to content and how to do an email system like that's the way Brian get or Brent gets jacked up. And mm-hmm. so to see him have an avenue to support his wife and then use his giftings in a unique way that he hasn't been able to flex those muscles for a while. Like both of them were on fire for this. Like this is exciting. And for me like come on, let's go. Like <laughs> this is amazing. And so to watch people get excited about something they never thought could, and it was like, let's be honest, I didn't do anything other than just ask a couple of questions and uh, try oh, to unpack that. It really was. but um, And then watching them take and do the hard work out of that. So what their plan looked like was more or less, listen, how do we now step into this? Because a lot of times that's now the the, I'd say, Oh, the challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what we did is put a plan together of like, hey, if this obviously has to be someone monetarily benefiting, or else eventually it's just going to be like, you know, Carrie loves writing stuff, um, which is fine too, but it wasn't part of the plan. And we put a plan together and kind of laid it in front of Carrie. And this is what I think is important: is we put a plan that wasn't crazy, like the dollar amounts weren't like, and you need to make four hundred grand the first year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And in fact, it was actually very small. And my point of putting something in front of both Carrie and Brent was to see if like, is this, are you going to take this serious or are you not? And if you're not, that's okay. But then let's don't have expectations of this blowing up. Let's just call it what it is. And like have an avenue for you to, you know, use your unique giftings. And, and you guys not only did that, but then put a plan together to not only build a website and then do all these things. And then even like, I would say invest in training for you. Um, Mm -hmm. It's been so fun to watch. And I think this is where the uncommon life um, really takes hold is because honestly, it's been a lot of hard work, but in that hard work, you've learned a tremendous amount. And then it's been fun for us to partner and come alongside you as a co pilot of kind of navigate some of these things. So, okay. Questions. Sorry. I kind of got on a soapbox because I get excited. Um, Brian, do you have any questions before I move on? Cause I got a lot.
1: I got a couple things. <laughs> I think it's important. You know, people are in different situations and I think it's, you're in a very high visibility space as the mm. pastor's wife, your church is growing, growing one of the fastest growing communities in the country. And it was just refreshing to hear you say of like, my husband's been saying that, but I wasn't able to hear it. Mm. I've had about 30 of those moments with my wife <laughs> In the last two years, and it's just huh. like that's normal, you know. Yeah. And
0: yeah.
1: I think sometimes too, we hear this a lot of like one spouse is telling another, but but they couldn't hear it for whatever reason. It doesn't make yeah. it bad or wrong or any of those things. It's just you know God's timing. I think is is huge. And so I think that is the value of whether it's Phil Bry or someone else of getting you know someone else's perspective, and then you hear that like, oh yeah, he has been saying that, and you get that validation. Yeah. Um, you know, and it helps you get propelled forward.
2: Absolutely. I don't know if you
1: can relate to that, but yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And you're like, your spouse is supposed to say that about you. There's, you know, they're your spouse. Um, Yeah. And so, but when someone else says it, you're just, it's affirming, I think. And yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. So I think, I mean, we talk a lot about, I guess, just one other point is just that, you know, no one teaches you how to monetize your passion. No. And I think especially as, as Christians, there's, I, you know, I don't want to take this on a whole other tangent, but it's hard as Christians to make money, I think, truthfully, mm-hmm. and especially being a pastor's wife and maybe feeling like, well, this is all just the church's asset or content or benefit, you know, local church, not big church. And I think that's where, you know, God through Philip was able to say, like, no, like the whole church needs to mm-hmm. be able to hear what you're doing and saying, you know? Yeah. So that was really cool.
2: Yeah. It is hard. I think as a Christian, especially to say, I'm going to make money doing this because you feel like you should give everything for free, but then you can't, I can't send my kids to college if I give everything to for free. Right. And then like to, to like work through that in your brain and be like, it's okay like everything else in life, it's okay for things that are being created for you to charge. Like if I paint you a sign, you want to pay me for it. Right. So if I create content for you, then it should be the same. But it did take me a while to shift in that mindset and not feel like I was um wrong in asking right. f- and Funny. being able to make money at it. So I think
1: good point. The church is from a tax perspective, being set up as a nonprofit also adds ambiguity or gray to that, you know, mm-hmm. that as well. Because you know, people are tithing or whatever and and whether they take the tax deduction or not, it's just like, oh, that's not a for-profit thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then to charge on the other side probably even creates more, you know, conflict yeah. or tension in your mind. But what you're doing is so valuable to so many people. And, you know, you got to... So
0: let's talk pay. about that. So what is it that you and Brent have created to this point? Like, how do people enter in and what are you helping people with? Let's start there.
2: Absolutely. Okay. Um, so we, I did... I started... Well, one, we started by saying, okay, what are my weaknesses? I have spent my whole life speaking, teaching, writing, creating. I have never once in my whole life run a business Mm -hmm. or know how to do it. And so I did sign up for this this course. It's called Elite Blogging Academy. She takes you step-by-step. How do you set up an online business? How do you kind of, what is SEO? What is like all this language that I didn't know. So I started that pull process. As, so within that, we created a website. It's just my name, K A R I M I N T E R K-A-R-I-M-I-N-T-E-R.com. And on that website, it's broken into, um, different sections. So you can, um, request if you want, if you need a speaker for some sort of conference or, um, event or anything you can request through there. There's a blog where I write three to four times a week. I try to put up fresh content. I'm actually in seminary right now. So a lot of what I'm putting up right now currently is things that I'm just learning in class and different things that I'm, um, exploring. And that blog's kind of broken into categories. Like, are you wanting to, how do you live out your faith? How do you know God better? How do you influence your family or those around you? How do you lead as a Christian? You know, so there it's, you can pick which kind of category of content you have. And then I have a shop that I'm slowly adding Material too. So um, right now, there's a Bible study over First John in the shop. That's just mm-hmm. a really short Bible study. There's a, there's a free resource right there on the site, just how to read your Bible. So if that's something you struggle with, it kind of takes step by step. And then the First mm-hmm. John study takes those steps that you get from that free resource and helps you immediately apply and practice them. So at the end of those five days, you'll you'll walk away a little bit more confident, being able to read your Bible on the own. And then. I have another resource called Interacting with God, and that is um, just it's 32 ways to invite God into your daily moment. So it's how do you live your life aware of God's presence constantly and not just read your Bible, shut it, and then go on with your life. And so how do you kind of start to walk in his presence on a continual moment? And so that's a resource up there and then have several more in the works. But those are kind of the two that are up there right now.
0: Nice. So, ideally, in five years, where do you hope this, where do you hope God uses you in this way?
2: Um, Ideally, I love to teach the Bible, Mm -hmm. love to teach it. And so, ideally, I would love to be teaching um, and speaking more about what what God has taught me and is currently teaching me. Uh, I have a ton of Bible studies I've written that I'm sort of rewritten that I'm rewriting right now for the general public. I've written them for small church contexts right now. And so I'm kind of reframing them. Um, So I would love to have like ongoing online Bible studies and one-on-one coaching, helping women, For some reason, reading the Bible and investing in God's word and understanding that it's a personal thing is just really hard, especially if you start having kids and the season of life changes and what's worked when you engage with God in college no longer works. And so I'd love to start coaching one-on-one and Mm -hmm. just mentoring women in a way that helps them unleash what God wants to give them.
0: That's great. That's great. (laughs) It's like, okay, what do we do? Sign up now. Uh, Okay. So when you and Brent like sat down and you started coming up with a plan, like who was, it sounds like Brent was very instrumental in helping you walk through the steps that needed to be done today, because it can be intimidating. Like, yeah, I got this big vision, but how in the world am I going to get from here to there And so how did he best communicate? And maybe he wasn't the one. So who helped you do that? Maybe it was this elite blog academy. Like, what were the steps and how were they, like, how did you go about setting forth a plan? Right foot, left foot, right like, how did you do that?
2: Yeah, so Brent is really, really good at systems, at creating systems and plans and um, running organizations. So we actually went to the library one, he has Fridays off usually. And so we went to the library one Friday while the kids were still in school before life went crazy and um, sat down and he's like, okay, the year is broken up into quarters we're going to have a goals for each quarter. So quarter 1. And so we brainstormed, he picked, he just kept asking me probing questions. What do you want? What is? And then we'd work back. Okay, well that's more wow. of a quarter 4. That's a Q4 goal, Carrie. You can't get that in Q1. You're in Q1. So what is Q1 going to look like? And he kept mm. pro until we had it all written down and then all like everything for the year. Like what was every step. And he's like, "Okay, now don't get overwhelmed and don't look beyond Q1. You're in Q1. Here we go. <laughs> Let's do it." Um And so he, I, I don't, I just don't naturally think, or I've never been in a position where I've had to think in that direction. And so he just slowly used that process to help me make small goals and reach them, um, designing a website like that. And when we had little kids, his side gig, he'd create websites for people, um, and make some money on the side. That was kind of what he did. And he self-taught, like he just, Figured it out one time he wanted to do with something for the church in order to do it. He had to know how to make a website. So he just taught himself how to do it. And so that full circle came through. He sat down and he made me think through strategically. How do you, what do you want? Like there are categories. How Mm -hmm. can, how can the navigation be easier for people to get to what they need to go to? And so Mm -hmm. um, I would say all the strategic thinking that's gone through, he's helped me understand. Um, right. so that what I love to do and what I'm good at, I can then flourish. So
0: Has, was there any tension points there? Like, uh, you're pushing me too hard here.
2: <laughs> um, no, I don't know the tension points. There was a moment when I was like, I don't know the balance of you still have a full-time job, but I'm like, let's go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? And so I, what's the balance of you still have a full-time job. This is a side gig for you. Um, we still
1: like, need to be husband and wife. Yeah. So how do,
2: <laughs> how do I, how do I balance not asking too much of you? And what, right. when do you, you need to communicate and make sure that I am, I'm not Pushing you too hard with that, because he would totally do it. Like he loves me, he support. He's been waiting for years. He wants to see me flourish. He would totally burn the candle at both ends. And so, trying to find that balance of, sure. um, has has probably been the biggest part.
1: Yeah. And I part think the sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, I, I think the bigger word is boundaries. And I think yeah. you know that's you were kind of sharing. That was the hardest part, maybe, of being a pastor's wife is just you know where is that boundary, and it is hard as as entrepreneurs and husbands and wives parents all these hats that we put on uh to find and establish boundaries you know absolutely um, so looking forward you know as philip mentioned what like, can you walk our listeners through maybe like our, your value ladder in a simple step you've kind of talked about speaking one- i want coaching you know uh things they can purchase bible studies they can purchase do you have kind of like a strategic value ladder that's guiding those things
2: I do. So on the website, like I'm putting free content out um, specifically in ways to help you follow God, like influence, raise your children different ways, like different free content. Constantly I'm writing for that. Uh at a good probably 50% of the content that I publish, I also add free resources to the bottom of it. Like, hey, if this was helpful for you, why don't you go through this short questionnaire or this try implementing this? And so handing out free resources. So I, I I try to make as much as I can free and easily accessible. And then um, every month I do send out a newsletter with some just content upgrades. So this was a post. So this is something in addition that I'd love to give to anybody that subscribes. So I, that's probably the low part of the value mm-hmm. ladder right there is just as much as I can be helpful um, mm-hmm. and give the resources that need to be had. And then, and then I build off those. So like the first John study in the uh, in the shop is only $7. It's not expensive, but it builds off that free resource, how to read the Bible. So if you get the free resource, you're like, this was super helpful. I need to go one more step. I want to provide an opportunity. And then if you're like, and then after the first John, if you're like, okay, I think that I know how to read my Bible. Well, I I need to go one step further. Like God's more than just a 10 minute reading my Bible or 30 minute read my Bible. Like he's more than that if he's alive and active. So how do I take it beyond just read my Bible? Well, no, there's another there's a little, another resource in the shop for you. So that's kind of how I'm building um, the value ladder is I try to provide the content, the basic content for free as much as I can. And then if you need another step, it just kind of goes up from there. So,
0: and then the top would be either speaking or coaching specifically. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Good. How I want to be very candid. What quarter are you in right now? (laughs) When what, you quarter? Started the, yeah, what quarter? Yeah,
2: what quarter? I'm Q2, so this nice. is still super, be, super new. early. I <laughs> yeah.
0: know. Q new. I love it. I love it, and I love this because we a lot of get. I mean, we get a lot of uh, I'd say guests on the show that are a little bit further down this uncommon life, and so to have somebody a little bit newer is refreshing. So I want to just edify you in that.
2: So. Well, good because I I definitely do not have it all together yet, but I am passionate and I'm excited and I'm (laughs) chasing after it as hard as I can. So
0: good. Uh, How have your kids viewed this new Carrie have, have they viewed you in a different way and then have, yeah, let's just start there. Have they viewed you in a different way?
2: Um, It's been actually really fun to watch them. I think a couple things. I think that I have two daughters, um, two teenage daughters, and they've always seen me do everything for free for the church pretty much. Mm-hmm. And so them watching me do this as a job, I think has changed their mindsets a little bit. We've had some good conversations of like, like this is possible to, as a woman, to make money doing what God's created you to do in ministry and like to have those conversations as been gun. But also um, one of my daughters uh, specifically, she said, I can't even remember the situation, but they were somebody was asking me to do something and the other kids were like, mom, can we go, can we do that? And my, one of my daughters stepped in and was like, listen, mom's worked really hard on this business. She doesn't need a distraction. She needs to keep that. going. And I was <laughs> like, "Gatekeeper." oh, like, you know, as a teenage girl to see that yeah. and, and to stand in and be like, no, like mom deserves a shot. Let's, yes, yes. And so that, that's been really actually really, really fun. So, good. um,
0: and like, that's they're learning, like they're stinking sponges for good and bad. Yeah, and absolutely. so for them to be able to see you in a place where I would say the biggest thing is just your passion. Like it's not hard and you're not selling when you're actually excited about something. And yeah. it's just, this is what I love to do. And for your kids to see that at a young age, Like what a cool trajectory that they're on now that they have this. Cause a lot of people just don't like, oh, my dad hated his job. Like this isn't me, but a lot of people are like, oh, my parents hated their job all their life. And then, you know, died it the year after they retired or something like that. Like that's really all they know. And they just don't have this example of somebody doing something different and getting paid for something they love to do. So kudos. Great job.
1: Yeah. And I think the other thing I noticed when you're kind of sharing your story is that I don't have any business experience and you, you paid for a course, Mm. you know, we talk about this a lot, especially like where your kids are at, you know, we have no problem as parents, like, oh, you need a ballet coach or you need a softball coach or you need this camp, that camp, you know, then our kids get out of college and then it's kind of like, they don't really have any coaching anymore. You know, we, we use that desire or whatever, I don't know what it is, but we just don't invest in ourselves really in that way that we did from, you know, really five to 20, let's say. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's also an important point. If you go down this path, you're gonna have to invest in things and you're gonna really have to invest in yourself because you're not gonna know it all. And Mm -hmm. you can't cheat that, you know, if you wanna go faster. Mm -hmm. And so you had a good partner and your husband and you hired to the things that you're like, I don't know how this works. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's what makes the shift from it being just a hobby to like, no, I'm going to, I want this to be something like a business. I want this to be a place that God uses me. And um, if I was to go buy a brick and mortar store and try this, I I would all over the place pay for investments in order to do that well. And so I Mm want to make sure that I'm doing that with this adventure as well so
0: right and sometimes it like that's why we make some of our client like all of our clients pay for us because like we want you to have skin in the game so you take it serious like it's absolutely. hard for brian like i'm we're horrible at this like well oh, we'll do it free but at the end of the day like no they actually take it more serious when they pay for it and so absolutely that's a huge component of it carrie you are a rock star you're going places i'm so grateful to be talking to you, q2 because uh 10 years down the road you'll be like who are you again you're going to be going high. So and thank you. For, the road,
2: I'm going to be like, uh, I owe it all to Uncommon Wealth. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> True.
0: But thank you for what yeah. investing yourself and in just taking that leap of faith and to see where God has met you, where you're at now is not only encouraging for me, but I think all of the people that are seeing you, witnessing it, and then also the, the listeners on this show. And so thank you for being vulnerable and transparent and uncommon because it's not only transparent, but uh, it's it's attractive. And I think it's God's using you in amazing ways. So if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you, what would be the best way they could do that?
2: Probably just through my website. It's Uh And right on there, right at the top, you'll see in the navigation bar that there's a place that says contact me. You can just go right there and it'll send me an email. That'd probably be the, the quickest and easiest way for you to go. So it's just... My name is K-A-R-I-M-I-N-T-E-R.com.
0: Perfect. Thank you for taking the time. You've been listening to The Uncommon Life Project. I've been your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Brian Dewhurst. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Bye-bye. That's all for this episode of The Uncommon Life Project brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit uncommonwealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.